1: Back everybody to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I am Noah Hiles. He is Alex Stump. And Alex, we never gave a proper burial to your Oakland days, uh, on the show last time when they were eliminated. And now, oh, yeah, I
0: was supposed to go biblical.
1: Yeah, yeah. you were. That uh, didn't happen. No, it didn't. But now we need to give them a proper burial because the man who who made it all happen, really. Is in the man who helped pioneer a major change in baseball is walking away from the game possibly forever. Uh, if you haven't heard, Billy Bean is highly considering, likely to step away from the Oakland Athletics organization. The man who led the charge to bringing sabermetrics and modern day analytics into the game of baseball, it might be hanging it up, Alex. Fight back those
0: tears and tell me how you feel about this. I mean, I I am quite transparent that I have a great amount of respect for Billy Bean and what those early 2000s athletics teams ended up bringing to baseball. Like, he, Bill James, are two of the more, most influential people, I think, in baseball history. And I don't think you can really refute, like, top – if not top ten – Bare minimum, like, in the top 20. Where do There's, you include
1: there. Paul De Podesta in that?
0: High up there, too. Okay. Up there two, yeah. I mean, whatever I say Billy Bean, I, I, Paul obviously is put into that same yeah. mix also. Paul also did different stuff. He left baseball also. But, the freaking Billy brides. was in for – Yeah. GM for 20-ish years in Oakland, which in baseball mm-hmm. time and considering how much has changed since then, that's, that's several lifetimes. Yeah. I mean, just how much he went through – I do want to bring one point up with Billy, though, because Billy is famous for saying that, you know, if it, it doesn't matter if you don't win the last game of the season, and the Athletics obviously never won the last game of the season, but I, I think you would be very hard pressed to consider his time, his tenure in general as general manager, as a failure. Like how many teams have enjoyed as much success in the 2000s than the Oakland Athletics? Like only a handful, like once you take away like the Red Sox and the Giants and, and Yankees, like the athletics are probably like fifth or sixth on that list in terms of like total success or so like being fielding competitive teams time in and time out. But is it is it different or are the margins of success? For a small market team, different than they are for say the Yankees, because right now if you go on Yankees Twitter and look at it, you you think they're going through you know this <laughs> these trials because they've got eleven years without a World Series. You know the audacity, the audacity. Obviously, it's going to be different benchmarks for each organization, but that's pretty wide. I, I, I at least I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think that to answer the success question. I think uh, Billy Bean is a success in the grand scheme of baseball. Uh, was he a successful general manager? Yes and no. I mean, I am a believer that, yeah, like success does come down to winning. And he won a lot of games, but he didn't win the big one. That doesn't mean he shouldn't be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I think he should be. It doesn't mean he shouldn't be recognized as one of the top contributors to the game. He should be. Uh, and and there, that's fine. Yeah, I, And, like, you could you could say, you know, was – Has Dusty Baker been a successful manager? Yes, he has. He's taken every team that he's managed to the playoffs. He just hasn't won the big one. Before last year, was Andy Reid a successful NFL coach? Absolutely he was. He won a lot of games. You can be successful, but did you reach the ultimate point of success? Billy Bean didn't in the aspect of winning a championship. Now, in other aspects of the conversation of success, I think he has reached the mountaintop. When you're a general manager, your job is to find a way to win ball games based on the situation that you've been dealt. Billy Bean was dealt a much diff, uh, much more difficult hand than Brian Cashman ever was, than than Dave Dombrowski ever was. You know that he had. We like th- we talked about it with the Rays on uh, yesterday's show, how the Rays have to work twice as hard to get seventy five percent of the results, and Billy Bean falls into that category. Hell, Billy Billy, Billy Bean walked so the rays could run. He did he yeah. he showed how you can still find a way to compete and you you know and you don't have to just sit there and be the farm system for eight or nine teams and let them do all the winning. He found a way to get innovative. He found a way to delegate. He found a way to trust other people and get outside the box. He introduced an entirely new aspect to the sport. That now is dominated. And it show, unfortunately, you know, it's a copycat league. And like in the end of the movie, Moneyball, the Red Sox, who tried to get him, said, okay, if we can't get him, we're going to hire this other young nerd we know named Theo. And he's going to yep. do exactly what you do. And we're going to use our money on top of that. And they built a powerhouse. And then Theo's done it in Chicago as well. And that's awesome. But Billy Bean, really, I mean... Who knows where the game of baseball would be without Billy Bean? Would it be better? Would it be worse? I don't know. I mean, for some people, you could argue it would be worse because I don't know or or would maybe be better, actually. Like, I I don't know in the sense of this. I don't know if we have the strikeout, walk, home run thing going on if it isn't for Billy Bean. But at the same time, we're still misevaluating players if it isn't for Billy Bean. We're not shifting if it is for Billy Bean. The game doesn't evolve, and I think evolution is good. So overall, my argument would be yes. Like, Billy Bean and the Sabermetrics, they have made the game better. Uh, they've made it a lot different, and it's it's still ever-changing. I think they're still trying to find a balance, but I think 20, 30, 40 years from now, we're going to be looking back at Billy Bean as one of the most innovative people in, in sports history. Uh, and... It's really sad that the Oakland A's couldn't get it done while he was there. I don't think the Oakland A's are going to fall off by any means because as it, it's, it, it's a testament to Billy Bean and his ability to delegate and, and hire other people and give them responsibilities. I think he has that front office built up pretty well where they're going to still be able to develop talent. They're still going to find those guys that no one else can find. And they're still going to be a good, good organization. And that's what a good leader does, and that's what Billy Bean was for the Oakland Athletics.
0: Just to touch real fast on Theo while the mind's still in my head. Uh, Theo doesn't get that job in Boston. Who knows where Ben Charrington gets that shot? Like, Ben Charrington being Pirates general manager right now is like the the Bill Wattles coaching tree. It's it's not quite a direct link, but it, it is related. It is related. And like you said... We, we probably would have been in that that beautiful ignorance of like the 90s ish in terms of the player development, where, or not player development, just player evaluation. Like Jose
1: Osuna would have been looked at as a top prospect.
0: Yes. Just yes, he because he is big Sol-Gin. and strong. Yes, yeah. Old Jeans hit some long home runs. You know, he's got to do great. Uh, this guy drives in a lot of runs and he has a 280 OBP while well, he still drove in 100 runs. So he's real good. It, stuff like that. It was going to eventually change. And I, I, I love the Moneyball quote that the first guy through the wall always gets bloody. Someone was going to come if not Billy Bean. Right. But it was him. Baseball, yes. I, I also agree that you know the, the three true outcomes, like a lot of stuff that we're seeing, it was a snowball effect. And it's going to continue to snowball. It, it, it's not over. Like we're, they, it's, we haven't hit the point where it's like, well, we have nothing new to add to the equation anymore. And they Invent, never keep will reinventing. keep tweaking. There's going to be extra steps taken. That was the first really big one, not the only big one, but that was at least the big one that got into the mainstream that got people talking. And not only did it get people talking, people listening like, he's actually got a point here. This, this might actually be better in a lot of regards, but then again, you have Alex Rodriguez going on and saying how the Yankees are losing to the Ivy leaguers and, you know, just go out there and play baseball. It's like, Alex, the Ivy leaguers wanted you to play shortstop and Jeter play third base. So maybe you should have, you know, put more stock into them.
1: Buddy. I had, speaking of that sidebar, uh, my shower thoughts today uh, in honor of ju- or yesterday, based on the recording, I was thinking to myself, I was like, Joe Morgan's probably the best second baseman of all time. Who passed away? It's him and Hornsby. Yeah, it's not and really I, much. Of a I give I give Joe Morgan the nod because he actually faced like pitching. Yeah. Um, so, so I was going through the the entire lineup and just naming like off the top of my head, like first instinct, like who's the best player at each position. I so said Josh Gibson, a catcher. Albert Pujols, first base joe morgan second base shortstop i was in quite a tiff because i didn't want to name wagner because of because he's playing playing against
0: pig farmers and yeah yeah
1: uh i really i love jeter but he wasn't even the best shortstop on his team
0: nope
1: i love a rod but he didn't even play shortstop for half his career uh Ripken, Ozzy Smith, I don't know. And we're not going to make this a debate show. I just thought you would enjoy that little sidebar there. We, we uh, should go through that
0: at some point. We got
1: a long off-season. Yeah, man. we got a long off-season to cover a lot of topics. But, um, yeah, to wrap this up, I just want to, like, talk about just the movie Moneyball also. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend watching it. It's a great film. It actually comes out on Netflix tomorrow. It It, it drops on Netflix on Wednesday. So look forward to that or rent it if you can't wait a day. uh. And then the other point I wanted to make was, I remember reading the book in high school, Moneyball. I'm not sure when it came out, but I read it for like a book report. I think it was like my junior year. And I remember that was the first I've learned of like sabermetrics. And as a mediocre high school baseball player, just getting introduced to that line of thinking, it changed my entire plate approach. I, I mean, just reading that, like as a young baseball fan, it allowed me to see the game differently, and that was before I knew what fan graph. It was probably before fan graphs was even invented, uh, and and I couldn't really look up different numbers or anything. But just the idea of I want to make this at bat as long as possible. A walk is just as good as a hit, you know. Like you hear those things from your coaches, but you really don't like consider like maybe I should just foul off a whole pitches, a whole bunch of pitchers with two strikes. Just like those things, like that, where they really explained it, and it was so simple. And you're like, "Why has why hasn't anyone put more stock into this kind of stuff?" You know. And uh, it's it's a significant con- uh, contribution to an awesome game. So, best of luck to whatever he wants to do. I would love to see him come back to baseball uh, in the future. I, I I mean, he's still a relatively young guy, and I mean, there's older GMs than him, so. Yeah. I think it's definitely possible. Uh, but if not, and if it is a career, uh, I, I look forward to going to Cooperstown here soon. So when well, we're, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the team of the postseason that no one's really been talking about. Maybe we've been sleeping on. Find out who that is when we return.
0: We took it all. We brought them to our land.
1: Second segment of the show. And as always, and when I say always, I mean for the second time yeah, ever. Since yesterday. Uh since yesterday. Uh this second segment is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's beer bar, Alex. I, I'm not gonna pretend to be Chris Carter and give you the exact numbers that he does on our live uh Facebook shows on Friday because I can't remember it, but I think it's like it's like over 80 beers on tap, 55 of them local, something along those lines. I'm just gonna say all of them are are really good, and you need to go down there and check them out. You and I, uh, your first day off of the Major League Baseball season, where did you and I go? We went to Mike's. We sure did. We, we got, got a, a couple g- crawlers to go. Yes, we did. We took them home. We watched the Monday Night Football back in my place. Uh, we, But, I mean, we could have chilled there, too. They got some good food there. They got a lot of TVs you can watch. Uh, some some NFL action. There's like games every week now because the Titans ruined the league. Uh, there's still some baseball <laughs> playoffs going on as well that you can watch there. Um, North Shore Tavern has some good food. They'll fill up your stomach. An awesome place. We encourage everyone to check it out. Uh, good people, good service, good product, good drinks, good everything there. And it's right across from PNC Park. So next baseball season when fans are hopefully allowed back, we can get Mike's business booming, baby. Because he's a diehard Pirate fan, and what better way to celebrate Pirate season than making him some money? Alex, postseason talk. There's four teams left. We've talked a lot about three of them on this show. The one we really have not talked about since the start of the postseason, and really throughout the entire year, have been the Atlanta Braves, who took down the Dodgers last night and... Pretty solid fashion. It was a 1-1 game all the way till the very end, and then four strong runs in the bottom of the eighth. Was it the bottom or top? Top of the ninth. Yeah, top of the ninth, excuse me. Um, yeah, they blew it right open, a pair, of, a couple of home runs, a couple of big hits. Dodgers bullpen struggling in October. Haven't seen anything like it.
0: Wink. Oof. Uh, have we been sleeping on the Atlanta Braves? I, I think we might have been. I mean, the thing that got me was Austin Riley hitting ninth. And yeah, I know he had a bad year. I know this was a bad year, but this is a really talented kid and he's your nine hitter. Yep. Like, yeah, just in general, that's that's a pretty good guy to have right there. And he ends up having the big home run, you know, got the uh, floodgates open. And you know what? This is, it, it was 1-1 for most of the game, one run game for most of the game, but it, it always felt like Atlanta was in control against Walker Bueller and against the whole Dodgers in, a, in general. Like, uh, Max Reed outpitched him. No questions asked. You know, it's it was a really solid showing. I don't even know if they really used all of their A-list relievers to get that close win. And I, I am We obviously all know in Pittsburgh what Mark Melanson could bring. You know, in the ninth inning, that that's locked down. That's locked down. That's over. There's a lot of talent on this team, especially offensively. That you know. They could string hits together, like at the end, you know, Acuna got the big hit. Ozuna followed up with, you know, the insurance run, and then Ozzy Albie's ends it. Like this is a pretty solid young lineup, top to bottom.
1: I mean, they have the National League MVP in their in their lineup. Yeah, I did mention the MVP, and that's the thing. He's not even the best hitter on the team. Freddie Freeman is going to win the MVP this year, and if I have to pitch to someone in the part of the order that he's in, I might elect to throw him something over the plate rather as opposed to, yeah, uh, uh, rather than Acuna. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause it's like both of them are probably going to hit a double, but Acuna can steal third. So I, I I'll just put the slower <laughs> guy on, I guess. And it's not like, but, and then their defense is really good. I mean that right side, I don't know who has better right side defense in the game right now than Freeman and Albie's. I mean, that's, that's, Solid and Swanson's good on the left side there. Uh, I mean, they're just they're loaded from top to bottom. And a big flaw of theirs last year was the starting pitching in the bullpen, and the bullpen has been flawless. Now, granted, yeah. prior to playing the Dodgers, the two teams they faced in the postseason were the Cincinnati Reds, who scored one run. Is that right? Zero, zero, oh, zero. yeah, they didn't Our even bring the bite, nice. yeah exactly so they scored zero runs in that series and then the marlins didn't do much else in that series so yeah you know they they didn't really beat some stiff competition but they looked pretty damn impressive in game one against the dodgers and they won their division again it's a loaded team and i think we all just assumed that the dodgers were gonna hop skip all the way into the world series again the braves might have different plans do you think they did- do you think that they can really beat the Dodgers in this or do you think that the Dodgers this was kind of a wake up call
0: and maybe they win it in 6 or 5 and just say no more. You know, we're going to we're going to find out on on Tuesday night because <laughs> narrative narrative of Clayton Kershaw. I mean, I don't think it's always completely justified. Dude's had some really good push-shove starts in in big games like this. This is one of them. This is Huge. He has to find a way to neutralize to neutralize Acuna, To neutralize Azuna, to neutralize Ozzy Albis. Because this is the type of game that we have seen Clayton Kershaw get hit hard. And if the Dodgers go down 2-0, now you got something. You know, now now you're in trouble. I the Dodgers rotation is still deeper. And I think that's kind of the reason why I, 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 at least I'll admit that I I maybe didn't give the, the barves their due. You know, whatever the season or postseason started, just because there's so many questions in that rotation. It's like, OK, they got freed, but then who's next? Everyone else is hurt, injured. There's no Hamels. There's no faulty. There's like it, basically there's only one guy from the opening day rotation still in here. And even he, you know, his health was kind of questionable. They've been pitching and it's it's something that I don't think anyone really saw coming into this postseason. Like, of all the things you could have expected, I think people would have expected, you know, Houston Astros pulling off this stupid run. The the Rays, you know, punching the Yankees in the mouth. The Dodgers just absolutely decimating, you know, teams along the ways there. I don't think anyone saw the narrative being Atlanta Braves being carried by their pitching. Because, again, this was being carried by their pitching. That game one against the, against the Reds. The Reds. Yeah. One run through eight innings on Monday night. This is a team that's, Winning in ways that we haven't seen them win all year. I mean,
1: even the Marlins series, they yeah. won that elimination game two to nothing. Uh, yeah, they, it's impressive. I, because like what you said, if, if, the, if you told me the Braves were going to make it to the World Series, which they're three games away from doing that, uh, I would have assumed that they won a whole bunch of nine to seven games, you know, 10 to, 10 to six games, yeah. stuff like that. But good for them. Good for them that they have that depth. And that, and that doesn't just come to pitch. I mean, mostly it does come to pitchers executing, but it also comes to strategy and knowing when to pull guys, when to keep them in, when to go to the matchups, you know, and especially with guys having to face three batters now, it's even a little bit more strategy involved. And so that that goes to props to all the coaching staff and the analytics guys for laying out a solid game plan and executing it to the fullest so
0: do you think uh so you're still saying dodgers though i'm I'm still saying dodgers but i might be saying something different tomorrow like i'm, I'm willing to flip like it's this is a big game for clayton like this is I, I i'm not gonna sound like a skip bayless type that like his legacy is on the line today but these are these are the type of starts where if he's ever going to shed this label, and we're at the point with Clayton Kershaw that he's a no doubt a first ballot Hall of Famer, even if he wins a World Series or two, like they'll say, oh, he just got carried, the way that like Justin Verlander got carried by the Astros in 2017. Like, it, it, this is kind of like a legacy type deal right here. Because I mean, it, not, not all of it is justified. Out. He's had some really big starts in the postseason. But you remember the bad ones. You remember the bad ones more than the good ones.
1: Yeah, I mean Kershaw's been pretty good this postseason. I I I, I know,
0: but you can't you can't and put Kershaw in the postseason, you could never t- he could throw eight shutout innings and then come back the next day and be like, Oh boy, here we go.
1: Yeah. I mean the the thing last year was tough when they brought him in and it just Last year was tough. Any final thoughts, Alex, as we wrap up the show?
0: Uh,
1: I'm also going to be calling them the Barbs from here on out. You can do that. I'm not going to do that. Do you think the Rays could be either one of these teams?
0: Yeah. Both? This is obviously recency bias, but just seeing them how, how everyone's performed this year, I think the Rays are the team to beat out of these last four. I still think it's the Dodgers.
1: Top to bottom, they're the best team in baseball.
0: You're not going to get much off of that Tampa Bay bullpen. I'm sorry. I
1: I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. And I think the Rays are just playing with a different type of confidence right now. They're fun to watch, man. I don't know who the hell half these guys are, but they're fun to watch. (laughs)
0: They're powered by a
1: guy (laughs) named Randy. (laughs) Yeah, for real. All right. Be sure to subscribe uh, to our podcast content. We've got some big stuff in the works. Uh, big stuff, can't say much else than that, but big stuff in the works. Um, follow us on all of our social media channels and keep tuning in. Let us know, hey, if you got something you want to hear us talk about, if you don't like hearing the playoff baseball talk, well, too bad. We're going to keep doing that because we like talking playoff baseball, and it is our show. But if there are other things you'd like to hear us talk about, maybe international uh, free agency stuff, other things, who knows? Give us a comment. Tweet at us. Give us some ideas. We'd love for your input. We always welcome it. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow after Clayton Kershaw allows seven runs in two innings.